Hey, and welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. Uh, as always, uh, my name is Brent Terhune. Do me a favor, uh, share the podcast if you would. Uh, give me likes on the post about the podcast. Tell a friend. Stick it up your ass even. Anything helps here on the Field Trip. Uh, joining me on the show this episode, a new voice that you've never heard before, at least on this show, Mr. John Evans. That is me. I, this is the new voice. The new voice now, what, what of thrifting. All right. Well, what would you have done if I just come into it within a world where this is my voice? <laughs> I would be, I've known you for a while, so I would be surprised yeah. that you saved it for the air. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, I'm happy to, I'm happy you invited me, man. This is really cool to do this uh, program. It's good that you say uh, program the way my grandpa would. Uh, that was a pro a program on TV on his big Zenith console TV. Come on, you know how much comedy I get out of mispronounced words. Oh yeah, I uh, I well I do too. And my grandpa was it was not comedy. That's how we said it. So right, right. Uh, well, John, uh, introduce yourself and why why are you here? And I'm why I'm, am I here? I'm asking you. No. Are you talking big picture? Yes. What is your goal? In because, my, because my dad made it back from Nam. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're really asking me why I'm here, that's probably why. But uh, um, well, Brent, I mean, we've known each other a long time. We've done tons of shows together. Probably I'd a say. decade. We've known each other that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, weird. I'm in the part of my life where I can be like, oh yeah, I've not I've known that guy for ten years. <laughs> Yeah, get used to that. And then you start seeing the Facebook posts about guys dying and you're like, oh, geez, I me and him went and got Coney dogs once in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, not yet. Not hopefully. Uh, for years a week. Oh, I went thrifting one time with Brent. R.I.P. Right. <laughs> uh, well, and, and, and thrifting, you know, that's uh, you just uh, launched your YouTube show called Mid Mod Money. What what does that stand for? Mid Mod Money is uh, well, Mid Mod is mid century modern, which is mm -hmm. the period of um, design uh, for all things between 1945 and 1971. So it's what some people would call vintage. You know, mm -hmm. if you've got a vintage, it's it's right in that the 50s and 60s. Uh, and, uh, it's just got a kind of a space age look to it or a Sputnik, uh, you know, futuristic kind of vibe to it. And, and that's like really the kind of things that I've been collecting my whole life. And I've, I've been, uh, buying and selling on eBay for a long time and, uh, very knowledgeable in several areas, uh, furniture, uh, sports memorabilia, um, uh, electronics, vintage electronics. Anyway, I've been mm -hmm. buying and selling this stuff for a long time. And uh, I decided to start a, uh, a web series where I show people how to, what to identify, what to look for uh, if they're interested in flipping uh, vintage stuff. And it's a, it's a very simple formula. It's not a rocket science. Anyone could walk into a Goodwill, you know, find things, put them on eBay and, and make $70 in a visit, you know, pretty regularly too. And, and sometimes a lot more than that. And uh, so uh, ultimately I found something for $5 that was worth $600. 
Mm-hmm. And it took me, I identified it very soon. And it was one of those aha moments where I went, you know, this is the kind of thing I should be, you know, I should be showing people, hey, be on the lookout for this Sony portable record player that, you know, someone might not even realize what it is, but you can sell it on eBay in three days because there's a line of people trying to buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I knew that it was very, very collectible, but I didn't know it was $600 worth. But, um, you know, I quickly realized, hey, this is a good idea to share the information, give up the secrets that I've been uh, keeping to myself all these years and uh, share them with the world and show you how to, you know, hey, you know, be on the lookout for this thing or that thing or this color thing or that because it sells regularly on uh, eBay or Facebook marketplace or, you know, with all these things, there's so easy to make money buying and selling. So, uh, and, and it all started through the pandemic, you know, when comedy shows dried up, I was left with how am I going to pay my rent, you know? And uh, have you always like uh, flipped stuff on a low level, you know, yeah, I've not like, you know, you know, a pandemic hit that, then that was like your full-time thing, right? Yeah, right. And I was like, I got, I have to go to thrift stores, you know, mm-hmm. and flea markets and uh, garage sales. And so it was really the, it was a combination of the pandemic and, uh, you know, for my whole life, people have, because, you know, I do comedy on the road. And when I go to a town, the first thing I do is uh, look, you know, look online, get all the uh, Goodwill stores and Salvation Armies and uh, mom and pop thrift stores, because those are even better or the church thrift stores, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you have the 70 year old lady in the back putting a dollar fifty sticker on something because, you know, she goes, I remember those. They're ugly. You know, she's crocheting the whole time you're walking around the church that you wouldn't normally go into in their basement. <laughs> Yeah. And, 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 and those are sometimes the best experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, anymore, actually, I just had a great experience in a St. Vincent de Paul. I was, uh, I was, they have a, a lot of thrift stores are going to this thing where if they find really nice vintage things, they'll look it up, put a price on it and then print out an eBay listing and put it next to it and say, Hey, on eBay, it's $75, but here we're only charging 50. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they're very self-aware now. And, uh, so I was just at the St. Vincent de Paul, there was a film projector and it was 50 bucks. And granted, that's like what the market is. I mean, it's probably worth that. And the guy, there was like a at least a 70 year old man he could have been pushing 80 with his wife and he goes can you believe they want 50 dollars for this they're out of their damn mind and a little further down they had a radio and i looked at the radio and and i was like yeah the radio is overpriced right so the next thing i hear is this guy go kiss my dick they want a hundred bucks for this thing he said kiss my dick Kiss my dick. They want a hundred dollars for this thing. <laughs> and, and usually, you know, you hear "kiss my dick" in a in a public setting that they're, they're like, "Sir," but this guy's eighty. What are you going to tell this eighty-year-old guy? It Nothing. was one of the greatest things I've ever seen, and his wife uh, was not taken aback in the least. She's like, "Well, he just does this." Yeah, this is uh, this is his Thursday swear word. Kiss <laughs> my dick. Kiss my dick. They want a hundred dollars for this thing. 
I really wish uh, on mid mod money because I've watched all three episodes you have out currently that that's your go to phrase. Is <laughs> it's so close to uh, flows uh, kiss my grits though. Am I, you know, am I stealing? Uh, no, I think you're improving. <laughs> really, even if I say kiss my dick, <laughs> I think you should. Now, I, I, have you? Uh, this is a whole genre of television shows. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say like the American Pickers, the Pawn Stars, the um, uh, Antiques Roadshow was kind of the first one to do all right. these. Are you right. fans of those shows or oh, are you God. are you calling I, BS? <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'm a huge, huge Antiques Roadshow fan. And I watch it, you know, because when you're picking anything and especially in Goodwills where the prices are cheap, knowledge is is everything you know mm -hmm. the more you know about glass the more you know about art the more you know about chairs the more you know about lamps i'm talking specifics like specific manufacturers specific mm -hmm. designers i mean i think it takes time to accumulate all that knowledge over the years so i mean i've i've gotten a lot of information from antiques roadshow I, i've never fully utilized it but you know it, it's basic stuff like you know if it's uh if it's signed like if, if you have a you know a piece of jewelry or a vase and it's signed you know they took the time to sign it or mark it mm -hmm. or you know uh those are all identifying uh things to look for that'll help you research the value of something but also uh like looking at the wear on something, trying to identify how old it is, if it's really worn, you know, if it, it looks like it's been sitting on a shelf and taken off a shelf and put back on a shelf. And over time, the bottom of something will have a little, you know, uh, will have like a, a rough. Yeah, yeah. And that's good. You know, you want to see that stuff. And that's the kind of stuff like Antiques Roadshow will teach you. And uh, I have not had that huge Antiques Roadshow moment yet where I just walk in and see something, you know, absolutely bananas that I know is worth, you know, a lot of money. But, you know, without it, like I, I'm, I would be lost, like if I was to run into one of those moments where I did see something like that. I mean, I, I constantly uh, <laughs> I watch I watch American Pickers. Mm -hmm. um, Storage I watch, Wars was another favorite. Well, Storage Wars is the one that's kind of been debunked. You that's know, that's where the, I think it's clearly. Oh, they put a whole bunch of stuff in a storage unit. But also, to me, I still like to see what stuff is worth. So it doesn't really matter to me if it's not real. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. And um, it's all information and it's all valuable to, to, to watch it. But, but you're right about that the trend of having these shows, you know, uh, puts me in a good position for people to watch my show because... Um, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. I ask that you like and subscribe or whatever, but like, I'm truly giving away like, you know, I mean, look, if I tell someone in Mesa, Arizona about a specific thing, you know, that's not going to affect me in my region of buying in thrift stores. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, in, in, in Pittsburgh and uh, West Virginia and Maryland, which I also go and I go into Ohio, uh, so I'll go anywhere. I mean, I really, truly will. Uh, you know, I went to a 10 mile uh, garage sale last year. 
10 mile long garage sale where each house is just set up. And I mean, it's not for, you know, it's not for people who, uh, you know, get tired easily because after about, you know, I love doing it. And after, you know, halfway through, I'm sick of it, but mm-hmm. um, I probably found $500 worth of stuff and, you know, off of maybe 30, 40 bucks that I spent, you know, yeah. I mean, especially garage sales are great because you know you're cutting out the middleman in essence because they're they're giving it to goodwill goodwill's just going to mark it up uh so if you can if you can circumvent that i like to think uh every time i've had a a yard sale it's just the middleman between me and goodwill like i should have just started at goodwill (laughs) yeah and and we can't really talk about garage sales without bringing up uh josh needs legendary garage sale bit where yeah if you, yeah comedian <laughs> josh sneed if you've not seen that bit you know google josh sneed and garage sale yeah we'll do a uh, shout out to sneed sneed uh you know sneed made that bit uh uh signature bit well i don't know signature he's got a lot of funny jokes but um yeah it's the garage sale uh the guy what is the joke is the guy stuff you know, saw a marathon of American pickers. Now he thinks he's Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, so funny. <laughs> got it. Y'all got antiques? My, Y'all my, got fa- antiques? my favorite bit of his is about the combination KFC Taco oh, yeah. Bell. And the guy's like, well, how? if there's one drive through how do they know who gets the money? <laughs> <laughs> this makes me laugh. Um, uh, so uh, the other thing I, I would like to point out about, have you ever been to a yard sale and they're, uh, they're priced for eBay. They've got the yeah. eBay prices at the yard sale. Yeah. They're a, uh, they're a, uh, what a, a, a dealer in their own yard. You know, they yeah. just t- open up their business in their front yard, full retail prices. Yeah. D- but then- you can also get, but you can also get a 50 cent cup of lemonade. <laughs> I did that when my parents would have uh, yard sales. I uh, I'd sold uh, drinks and stuff too. Uh, You're the lemonade guy. I had maybe it was Kool Aid. Maybe we weren't okay. we weren't fancy enough for lemonade. Um, but in your personal life, so have you always been a guy that is just a thrift store guy? Because I I've seen you a bunch in person. Because it's weird with comedy, you can know people and not ever see them in person. But every time I've worked with you, I've never like I don't think I've. I'd see you wearing uh, clothes and be like, oh, that's a Target shirt. To me, John Evans is, oh, you, this is Goodwill. This is a one-time find type guy. Yeah, that, um, I, I guess if I was going to trace this all, parents um, taking me and my brother to like, uh uh auctions and antique places, and they would always say, oh, well, maybe there'll be old baseball cards there. And there never they were. Lure you. Yeah. Yeah. And there never were. But we just go and I would think I'd find some dusty, you know, Willie Mays card that, you know, but it never happened. And then I worked my first job ever. I worked in a baseball card store and that was, you know, mostly vintage cards. So like I, you know, I would scour flea markets and stuff. I didn't convert to full, like, I'm also going to wear, you know, old stuff until Mm -hmm. uh, like about three years after I started doing comedy in in about 99, 98. 
because my first couple years in comedy, I just went with the standard uniform, which is T-shirt and sport coat with the sleeves rolled up. Uh-huh. But the sleeves weren't rolled up, but I did. I did wear that a couple of times. Like, you know, I bought into that whole oh, the MC should look nice. The MC should be professional. You know, yeah. and, <laughs> no, no, Do, no, I, know, I don't disagree. I think it depends on what your stage character, you know, I, David Tell in a suit is is looks weird to me. Right. You know, right. but a suit well, for somebody else. I'm like, that's exactly what that person should be wearing. But it's also when you're starting out and you're terrible, um, you know, the advice should be just wear whatever you're comfortable, what makes you most comfortable, that you're not yep. going to overthink, that you're not going to look like a schmuck, you know, just like you'd normally dress, I guess, is what I would tell someone who, who's starting out now. But I look like a I look like a absolute moron in some of these pictures. And uh, I was it, it took me. uh I didn't figure out like how to be funny really until about four years in, I moved to Minneapolis from Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then it kind of like, I started seeing other really good comics because Tulsa is a very small pond deal. Yeah. And you know, uh, when I moved to Minneapolis, so many funny people up there and, uh, it raises your, uh, yeah, it raises your talent to be around other talented people. Yeah, it felt very much like that. And most of the, it is weird. Like most of this, the energy up there was very positive when I moved up there. And, and you know, I think still kind of remains positive. Many, many, Minneapolis is a very tight scene. It's, I mean, if, when people are like, if it's not LA, New York, Chicago, now Atlanta, the other one that comes to mind to me is Minneapolis. Right. And, and now everyone's going to be chasing Austin. Yeah, Austin. Austin's probably going to be ruined with uh, it's like uh, leafers that come up to New England, but they're going to stay. Well, here's the thing. When I my first uh, my first road gig ever in a real club was in Austin. And this probably was 1997. I was emceeing. I got an MC on the road gig opening for this guy named Joby Sad. Uh, I think he's out of Tennessee. Funny I, guy. I've, yeah, I met that guy before. Okay. okay. Well, he, uh, uh, so, you know, I stayed after the show to watch the open mic. And then I went down to like the Velveeta room to watch the open mic. And this was 90. Yeah, this was like 97. So, uh, so Bill Hicks had died, you know, maybe three years prior. I think. 94. Mm-hmm. So um, it was insane to see like the amount of comics at open mics doing some kind of a Bill Hicks, you know, shtick. Yeah. Everyone, and it, everyone. And if you're not familiar with, with Bill Hicks, it's kind of comparable to every scene has a Mitch Hedberg type comic. Like it's, it's not, you know, the, the styles aren't the same, but there's all, all kinds of people that will take that style of Mitch Hedberg or Bill Hicks and make it their own because they don't have their own persona or they never develop it. So they're like, that guy, it worked for that guy. I'll just do what Bill Hicks did. Right, right. It makes me wonder, are there going to be a lot of, you know, Joe Rogan disciples, you know, shuffling down to Austin to do a Joe Rogan style act on stage in hopes that they may be discovered by Joe Rogan? 
Yeah, because that's what Joe Rogan wants is uh, more of him. Like, <laughs> not that, not that <laughs> yeah, I hate Right, him. right. Yeah, do you want to open for me? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> mini me, would you like to? It'll be Russian <laughs> nesting dolls on my show. We'll probably get some um, Burt Kreischer. I've seen some comics with their shirts off on stage now. And I'm like, just stop. Just you don't have to take your shirt off first off. No, that's never a good idea. Unless you're Burt Kreischer. Unless you're Burt Kreischer. And and it's your signature. Yeah. So you, you know, you were a vintage type guy and Burt's gone completely the opposite. He's no clothes whatsoever. Right. Right. So uh, when you're younger, you know, are you buying, you know, obviously trying to get some baseball cards, but are you thrifting type uh, buying stuff or was that a little later in life? Uh, That happened like, uh, like, in high school, I would go to like a flea market and buy like oddities, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, just anything with like a, uh, you know, some kind of hippie ethic to it or, yeah. you know, like a like a carved uh, hand doing the peace sign mm-hmm. or uh, uh, I was definitely fascinated with the 70s. And I definitely was trying to recapture like the feelings I had about the seventies for some reason, like that never went away. Just the whole aesthetic, the like, everything was lime green and burnt Mm -hmm. orange and harvest gold. Like there's just, there's something about it that's, I mean, I think I had a really good childhood. Maybe that has something to do with it. You know, like when I look at, I mean, you know, I mean, I got hit as a kid, but I was, I feel like as a, as a whole, my childhood was uh, like a really good thing. So when I think back of my, you know, being seven, eight, nine years old, you know, maybe that's why I have like, you know, five or six portable seventies TVs in like Mm -hmm. orange and yellow and with flip clocks in them. And, you know, just, just things like that that just don't exist anymore are, are, you know, completely fascinating to me. And then I realized pretty quickly that there's a whole bunch of people out there that are also equally obsessed with, you know, recapturing their, uh, you know, their lost. Yeah, really. It's they're all looking for their rosebud sled. Um, (laughs) What's your rose, but what's your rosebud, Brent? Rosebud. Uh, I collect Simpsons stuff. That's a big thing for me. Um, and I was about to say, because now I'm I'm like uh, like collecting Simpsons toys and like horror figures. So and thankfully they're still making new horror figure stuff. So you you know you go to Target, there's a whole section for that. But I'll go to these uh, toy stores on the road, just you know see what this guy's got that you know maybe he's not putting it on eBay. So this is kind of a I'll never find you know certain items again and. It's crazy. I never got the GI Joe bug. I never got the Ninja Turtle bug, but they're, you know, a, adult men that are hunting for that type of and then again, I no no shame, like what you like. Yeah. Uh, but or like even now like people will be like uh collecting the uh the Funko Pops. You can't go anywhere without seeing those and I'm thankful that I don't have that bug because there's right. so many versions of it's oh you want chucky from child's play but you want the bloody one do you want the one with the knife there's three different versions of the same one 
And I know me, I'd be like, I want that, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So that's my, you know, my rosebud is uh Simpsons stuff. Um, and that's about it. I try and I'm a big, it's weird. I'm a big wrestling fan and wrestling again, it, the term is toyetic. So you could have three different versions of the undertaker and you know, those will all sell out. But I, I kind of knew that I don't want to have, I don't have the space. I don't have the money to be a wrestling collector. Like right. it's kind of in my brain. I was like, Nope, I got to stop this now because I'll spend all my money on that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's funny you brought up um, uh, Ninja Turtles because uh, now I'm dating a girl who is uh, fantastic. Ninja Turtle? No, and she's not a Ninja Turtle. Okay. But <laughs> when we first started dating and talking, actually, before we started dating, we were talking and she lives in Maryland. I live in Pittsburgh. I mean, she's two, two hours, 15 minutes away. Anyway, we were talking and, and, and her first, our first interaction was her going down to uh, Indiana on vacation uh, to Southern Indiana uh, to visit her sister where every year they do this townwide garage sale. Mm -hmm. So already I'm kind of like, you're really doing this for your like vacation. She's like, oh, we do it every year. And I'm like, okay. She brings the kids and everything. So she gets down there. She sends me a picture and she goes, she goes, I think these are worth like money. And, and it was, and I, when she went down there, I said, well, keep your eye out for like vintage stuff, you know, and uh, pick something up. I'll, you know, give you the money for it. She, she found this uh, large size. They're about 14 inches tall, maybe 16 inches tall, uh, soft plastic of bebop and rock steady mm -hmm. from the Ninja Turtles, the rhinoceros and the uh, hog. Or, yeah. That's right, boys. These things went for 550 bucks on eBay. Yeah, it's like one of the most rare Ninja Turtles things you can find are these large size. I mean, er, people find the large size Ninja Turtles to find an, an original large size Bebop and Rocksteady. You might as well put cash in your pocket. I mean, it's like the bidding was crazy. People went friggin nuts for these. And it's because it's now the, the people that watch it as a kid, now they're adults. Right. Some of them have kids. Some of them don't. So they have that disposable income. And that's all we're all and, you know, trying to recapture childhood. That's why, you know, there's so many reboots 10 years or 20 years later or so, so much nostalgia for stuff that is not even that old. It's so weird how the timeline on nostalgia is yeah. short, like they're already rebooting stuff that I saw in the theater when I was a kid. Right. And that's also why the market on really old antiques turn of the century stuff is is i would say softer than it's ever been because people who want that stuff are kind of dying off and you're mm -hmm. not you're not accumulating things at that point you're trying to get rid of your collection and that's why the mid-century 50s and 60s is so is so hot right now because this is the disposable income. This is where people are coming of age and owning homes and wanting mm -hmm. to furnish it with the same stuff that they had when, you know, they were growing up. So yeah, I'm, my, I'm in on that on the ground floor. My mom's uh, Hummels and longer burger baskets. I don't think are as uh, <laughs> worth as much to her. You know, she was having me look up stuff and she's like, I paid this much for that and it should be double. And I'm like, well, it's not mom. Sorry. 
And it, uh, by the way, you would like uh, my house, uh, which you you never. I don't think you've been in town since I. I haven't, but I remember when you bought that stereo. I was uh, I was drooling over it, and then I got one yeah. myself. Yeah, the uh, electrophonic. I think it is yeah. the. It's got the, the light up. Light up, so it it coincides with the music. I have that, but also I we have the uh, the metal cabinets that came with this house. The the lady oh, wow. that owned the house was the original owner from 19 like 59 so we have saloon doors uh stuff like that oh, so you would, you would like that and that's the reason oh, yeah, we bought yeah, this house was that's incredible do you, have a, do you have a sunken living room no that and my wife and i we constantly like if that that's if we're ever gonna move to a different house or that's a dream house thing is to get that sunken living room right like ra- preferably round yes <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff is so, and I thing is I'm, I can't, I'm not nostalgic for a decades. I've never lived it. I just like that. The look of things, you know? Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, it does have a great, you know, I, what I say about the seventies, it's like, it's where, when this, like when the weird modern design of like the space age design of the sixties met disco, and you just have this kind of like, you know, there was a lot of chrome in the 70s mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, lucite and plastic furniture and plastic lamps. It just did a lot of weird. I mean, it all looks really cool, you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, there's probably I mean, I'm sure there's people who think it's absolute garbage and prefer, you know, the warm texture of a Haywood Wakefield end table. And I get that. Uh uh, you know, it's funny. Haywood Wakefield. <laughs> I, I, I bumped into Jack White at an antique mall once of the White buying, Stripes fame from the White Stripes buying Haywood Wakefield like furniture, like end tables and I think a coffee table. Now, did you you talk to him? Well, that's the thing, because you see a guy who looks like Jack, exactly like Jack White. And the first <laughs> thing you think is, oh, my God, there's a guy in here trying to look just like Jack White. <laughs> I'm what looking up idiot. the Haywood Wakefield tape. Man, I like there's just, you know, quick Google. The table six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, if you're if you're in a thrift store and you see Haywood Wakefield on the bottom, run that thing to the register before they change their mind. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple items where you, you buy it and you're looking around like, when are they going to find out that this is what this, what it is, you know? So, yeah, uh, there, was, there was this, uh, I'm sorry, there was this, yeah, well, there was a, one time I brought up this big round plastic storage unit made by this company called Cartel. They did a lot of things with Italian designers in the 60s and this big, huge five-tiered, storage unit with doors on it and it didn't have a price on it this is little rock arkansas uh and this is probably you know early 2000s i carry it up to the front and i go hey this doesn't have a price on it how much is this and she goes for you dollar <laughs> and this thing was worth like 200 dollars. i like a for you price when it's cheap if they're like 35 you're like what did i do wrong why don't you kiss my <laughs> dick lady kiss my dick they want a hundred dollars for this <laughs> um so i have to, did you have any uh, interaction with jack white yeah you know i um 
actually we looked, I, you know, I looked his way several times and I was with my oldest son and it was kind of a thrill. So, but like, I just couldn't be certain. Mm-hmm. So we left the antique place, went into the car and I was like, man, that is Jack White. And he starts, my son starts, uh, you know, going uh, first 48 hours on, on it and starts cracking the code. And he goes, he was in Dallas last night. Mm-hmm. And I said, very good possibility you could make the three hour trip the next day and you're in Tulsa. So I said, let's go back in there. And I said, uh, you know, I just I just walked up to him and I said, hey, uh, Mr. White, I'm a huge fan of your very confidently because I just at some point, you know, who dresses up exactly like Jack White? So and it turned out I said, hey, I'm a huge fan and uh, I really uh, uh, enjoyed uh, the uh, documentary. What's it called? Uh, it might get loud. it might get loud. And he does a lot of stuff. He's a collector. Um he refurbished one of those old record player uh, booths that you go into and record an album and it spits out a 45 at the end. He had Neil Young record a song on, on in that booth on a late night show, but couldn't have been nicer. uh, And let us even take pictures. Me and my son each took a picture with him. Couldn't have been nicer. It was weird. You know, I I felt like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, how does, how's this going to go? You know? Yeah, well, and if if it's if it's not, you know, Jack White, I would if I was him, I'd be like, "Hey, thanks very much, man. Do you want a picture?" I would just be the guy that looks like somebody that takes pictures with people. Why would I ruin <laughs> your day? Well, I'm skittish because I sat on a plane once next to a man I thought was Dimitri Young, the former uh, Cincinnati Red first baseman, and I know baseball, and I'm like, th- I'm sitting next to Dimitri Young. And I go, not as confident, confidently, I said, uh, excuse me, yeah, I don't probably, I don't know if you hear this, but I go, are you, are you Dimitri Young? And the guy was like, no, nah, man, no. Nah. And he just like looked straight ahead and end of conversation. <laughs> so and I, I swear to you it was. And the thing is, yeah, I was about to say either it's not or it is because the no, man, straight ahead, that says yes. And it also says, <laughs> right, right, don't talk right. to me, John Evans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was, you know, I was going to shower him with praise. Uh, but speaking no of more. collecting, Dimitri Young had one of the most impressive baseball card collection, graded baseball cards. I think he had a Mickey Mantle, either nine or 10, which at this point is worth, you know, like $5 million. Dude, every, every week there's a new story that makes me go, and look through my old stuff. It'll be like uh, Pokemon card collections. That was the other thing, John, is uh, Pokemon collecting as a kid. And I still play the video games. But I again, I've drawn the line. I can't be buying more stuff than I already have. But it'll it'll cause me to go and look at my old cards. And I, I cleaned out uh, my grandpa's house a few years ago when he died. Thanks for bringing that up, by the way. But uh, ouch! <laughs> it's a joke. It's a running joke on the show. But if you're not aware, <laughs> thanks it makes for you bringing know. that up. <laughs> I, you say you talk about somebody that died, and then you say thanks for bringing that up, like <laughs> they brought it up. But I, you know, I had to clean this the, my grandpa's house out. It was me doing all of it, and it was I got dumpsters, and I know that I threw away some stuff that was valuable. But in the moment when I'm like, I got this weekend and next weekend to do it, it I, c- I could take it to Goodwill, 
but at, at the, you know, when you're exhausted, you're like, it's dumpster time. And I, I right. look and I think back, I'm like, man, some of that stuff had to be worth money. And I regret, you know, throwing it out, but also at the time you got to do the job to get it done. So that's why I'm talking to you. You know, <laughs> if you're going through stuff, what are you looking for? Well, if we're talking like vintage stuff, um, you know, like anything, your average like, yeah, place, like goodwill or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it can't be enough. This is like the main thing I say is it can't be enough that it's old. Mm-hmm. You know, people go to Goodwill, they see, oh, this is old. This must be worth something. There's a lot of old things that aren't worth anything. There has yeah. to be, you know, there has to be some kind of demand for it. So a, a, a good knowledge of uh, like what the demand is. And as far as like mid-century stuff, which is my kind of area of expertise, uh, is... Um, you know, like uh, anything that you look at and you go, wow, I, you, you'd never see that in a target, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, um, like things with mushrooms all over them. Yeah. You know, owls. Uh, well, that was on my uh, list. crazy, crazy yeah. looking lamps, you know. Like uh-huh. lamps with a lot of weird, like you go, that's a weird looking lamp. Chances are, if it's old and weird looking, it's really valuable. Well, on your last video on, you know, uh, mid mod money, you had the, you listed that all, listed this thing off, and I couldn't tell if you were being facetious or not, but you, <laughs> you had the top 10 sellable animals. Yeah, well, there is a hierarchy. I mean, there really genuinely is a, a hierarchy. Like if you had the same item, say you had a brass animal. And if I had to pick, if I want, and, I, and, and my life depended on selling it, the, the number one animal I'd want it to be would be an owl because they sell faster than, people are fascinated with owls. I mean, it's like a mid-century thing. People love owls. There's a lot of owl collectors. There's a lot of unicorn collectors. There's a lot of people who collect frogs, turtles. Uh, and, and, and believe it or not, sometimes you get into the really weird ones. Like you, like you think cats and dogs would be the best. No, it's the weirder animal, the weirder you know, like a crane will do very well. Mm-hmm. Flamingos and cranes. And uh, uh, so roosters, there's, there's just things that you, you kind of look at and you go, oh man, I remember seeing a lot of those in the seventies, you know, mm-hmm. people love snails too. I mean, but that's, I could do a separate one for insects and probably will <laughs> considering I'm going to do this podcast or this uh, web series every week. Well, and the snail to me goes along with the the uh, mushroom. Like it's, I don't know what it is about that kind of stuff that just looks cool. Yeah, well, there's a one of my episodes coming up. I found this uh, this design called Mary Mushroom, mm-hmm. and Mary Mushroom was a thing that Sears did in the seventies. And uh, it's these mushrooms with these little dots on them. And it's a very distinct uh, like pattern. And they put it on mugs. They put it on uh, canisters. They put it on everything. Yeah, dude, I've seen seen these. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are people, there's like a Merry Mushroom group on Facebook. There are people getting this pattern tattooed on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's another thing you learn to do 
buying and selling is just because you don't like it doesn't mean that there's not a market for it. Like, you know, I found a strawberry shortcake mug once that ended up selling for $24 that I think I paid 50 cents for. Mm-hmm. So just because I don't, you know, strawberry shortcake is not my thing, but I know there are devoted strawberry shortcake collectors and I will happily cater to their, their mug needs. <laughs> I can tell you that. Is there a certain item like a mug, not necessarily what's on the mug, but a mug in general that just doesn't sell? Like if you bought some and you just, you're like, all right, I'm going to return these to Goodwill because they're just taking up space. Um, let's see. Uh, I can't think of anything. I recently found out that there's this FTD rainbow mug from like the eighties. That's pretty collectible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I just, my, my girlfriend picked one up and she goes, hey, people are buying these. I looked on eBay. Sure enough, man, people will buy this, <laughs> this. And it was just like some kind of giveaway from FTD or, mm-hmm. you know, like a, some or flower arrangement came in it or whatever. Um, well, but, well, what I was saying, because not necessarily a mug, but is there an item that you thought was worth money and you buy it and it just didn't move. So I'm maybe, I know you've said ashtrays sell mugs have sold, but is there an item that you see constantly that you're like, don't even bother with it? Um, it's weird. I, 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 I would say that uh, <laughs> I can't believe this is the, uh, this is the conversation we're having, but I would say that the teapot market is, uber soft <laughs> right now Brent. that's you know i mean i've got the i've got the nice vintage teapots and i think they're priced to move and, and uh, stout? short and stout <laughs> various cultures asian influence 60s 50s they're just not selling yeah well and i guess along the lines would be i always see longer burger baskets and i only know those because my mom has been obsessed with those and I, i'll see them at goodwill so I guess that's not a th- not moving anymore. But again, if you find the right buyer, they are. Yeah. No, my mom's really big. My mom's really big on uh, on shooting down my hopes and dreams. And she uh, like I found this. We got this couch. Me and my girlfriend got it for free. It was made in Finland. True mid-century, like almost Danish modern couch with built-in end tables. Awesome color. It's like yellow, and. Uh, super desirable we rented a truck in west virginia hauled it up to pittsburgh the whole thing cost us 80 bucks Mm -hmm. because it was a free couch we ended up selling it for 700 and uh and i mean what a what a mind-blowing thing like it's just it's amazing that that uh you know stuff like this will just literally fall in your lap if i mean people people sometimes people just want it out of their house yeah you know, Again, like a jukebox, it's, it's, like if you have yeah. a jukebox in your basement and you haven't played it and, you know, forever you go, I'll just, you know, if you just get it out of here, you can have this jukebox. I mean, you know, so there's, I mean, there's things like that. I'll, I mean, I'm not that far into it where I have a, like, you know, one of those American pickers trucks yet. Yeah. But that's, you know, someday I would hope to get to that level. Well, and it's a, a perfect thing because, again, you're on the road doing comedy, so you're going to different markets that, you know, if you stay in Pittsburgh, if I stay in Indianapolis, I'm going to hit all the spots. And, you know, I got to wait a bit before the 
people's stuff is replenished to get some new inventory in. But being on the road, and I'll go to thrift stores too. It's always just fun to see what that what the, what these people have. It might not even <laughs> right. be different than what's an indie, but it's just fun to look. Yeah, huh? another quesadilla maker. <laughs> another, another George uh... Foreman grill. <laughs> No, I'm the same way. I, I, I'm fascinated with that whole, uh, it just feels different, you know, and I go, mm-hmm. I go to the same ones, you know, every week I go to at least 10 thrift stores without fail every week. Sometimes the same thrift store, I'll go three times in a week. Uh, I don't want anything to fall between the cracks, you know, like I'm out there all the time. So, uh, so yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's an it's an odd uh, it's it's an odd experience to like I've never had to like my living has never depended on you know buying and selling stuff but I, I you know I'm pretty cutthroat about it I go to this place called the Goodwill Outlet Do you know oh, what that is? Yeah, where you have to wear a hazmat suit. <laughs> yeah. To dig through things, but yeah, again, that's tank. that's the bulk. You're just digging through bins, right? It's not even out. Right. Yeah, they charge by the pound, right? They charge by the pound, but one of the ways that, and I say this in one of my videos, is uh, one of the ways you can really make money is they charge, like, glassware is 15 cents a piece. Oh, yeah. So, so like, you know, a, a small glass would be 15 cents, or some big, huge vase would be 15 cents. Mm-hmm. So if you, can, if you can get in a vase at 15 cents, you know, if it's worth anything, you know, you could turn a profit. And then also electronics, they I think it's 99 cents a pound. But once you get to five pounds, that's the cutoff. Like 499 is the cutoff on anything with a cord. Mm-hmm. So you're talking stereo receivers, old film projectors, uh, lamps. It can't get any higher than 499. So you find a, you know, nice vintage lamp. I mean, usually the shade's going to be battered all to hell because it's in a one of those bins. Mm-hmm. But you can find amazing things in the Goodwill bins. I found a, uh, you know, Stacy Peralta is. I do not. It's one of the original pro skaters. Okay. One of the first one of those Dogtown Z Boys originals. Yeah. His first pro model skateboard was made by GNS Gordon and Smith, and he had a. Uh, a Stacy Peralta pro model skateboard that I found in a bin just sitting there 200 bucks. That's yeah. And I'm, I'm looking, I just Googled it. There's one on eBay for $5,000. <laughs> well, I sold mine for 200. So I think, I, I think I came out. I think you right. got ripped off. Uh, <laughs> no, again, that's just me Googling it, doing no research, but yeah, and well, why I mean, would you, did you know who that was before you found that skateboard? Yeah, because I grew up like in Northern California, my formative years, and I skated a little bit. I had a uh, a Sims Lester skateboard with two-tone Kryptonic wheels and independent trucks. I don't know if that means anything to you. I think I think you just cast a spell on me. I'm not too sure, but uh. <laughs> no. But I, I I was kind of involved in that skate culture, so I knew very well who Stacy Peralta was. Uh, but again, I'm not an expert in every area, so it's easier to grab it, buy it, and then research later. You know? Yeah. Again, and keep because moving. like you said, well, was it going to cost you over five bucks? I know you said electronics, but it's not going to break the bank to buy exactly. this skateboard. 
Exactly. And sometimes, and I really feel bad for people who are just starting out. That's another reason I think my show is good is because it's a, it's a, it's kind of schools in session deal. Like I hate to, to suggest that I, I'm, I'm teaching anyone that much, but like, um, you know, there are people who sit at a Goodwill and I see them holding something and looking through their phone mm -hmm. to see if it has any value. And it's like, wow, if you're going to do that with every little thing that's not worth money, you're, yeah. you're you know, I'm going to be I'm going to hit my third thrift store when you're back here looking at this ashtray, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you can start to identify like just with your eyes, like, oh, this looks old. This feels like it's from another era looks you know and kind of familiarize yourself with just you know the aesthetics of vintage stuff so you can go oh this is clearly not from this decade you know mm -hmm. so uh, that's what i try to do i try to use my brain a little bit well and it's probably a gut feeling and then then you could ebay it or google it right there but to do every item that way right um now you mentioned the Goodwill outlet. You mentioned Goodwill, uh, the mom and pop thrift stores. Is that what's the best place if you're if you're you have to choose one for the rest of your life to find some good items? Where are you going? I got I've the, I have the answer to this, and it is uh, your your lower level antique mall. Mm -hmm. And when I say lower level. There are some antique malls where they just have rows and rows of stuff behind glass. They already know what they have. They already know what they have. And it's, um, you know, serious dealers put their stuff behind glass, right? Mm -hmm. But usually the lower level antique mall has a section of booths where individuals can rent themselves and they can put their own wear. So what you have essentially is a bunch of pickers uh, putting their stuff they've found in these booths. And if you go around long enough, you can catch someone slipping, as I like to say, mm -hmm. meaning someone will put something in their booth and not have any concept of what it's worth. And no one else caught it. None of the dealers who are there caught it, you know, so you go, oh, my gosh, this person has this in their booth and it's three dollars or it's seven dollars, but it's really worth two hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's happened to me. So I was also curious, you sell at an antique mall. Is that what you call it? Yes. How was an that? Antique mall. How was that? It's about three. Go ahead. I was going to say, how has that experience been? Because that's another place that I like to go because you can hit a bunch of, you know, quote stores in the right. one store. Yeah. So it's not getting out of the car and whatever. What has that experience been like? It's been, well, first of all, I, I got into one that's open seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're open 11 to six, seven days a week. And so I don't have to be there. I put my stuff in there. I price it. If someone wants it, they take it from the booth. They bring it up front. They ring it up. It all goes into an account for me and I can take the money out as I see fit, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Um, and one of the things it's allowed me to do is put in these things that kind of you mentioned before, where I thought it was going to sell on eBay 
and it just didn't sell Mm -hmm. no matter how many times I put it up. So now I have an avenue to sell it by putting it on a shelf in a booth. And the best part is the people who shop at antique malls are usually collectors, you know? So they're there with some type of appreciation for vintage stuff. So you've got a lot of sets of eyes on your stuff uh, seven days a week. And I think that's invaluable. And it's also a good storage. Like, you know, it keeps, I mean, my house still looks crazy right now because I just started my, uh, uh, my web series. So I have a lot of boxes of stuff that are waiting for me to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, when I have big art, big, huge framed art, I can put it in there and it's not, you know, laying around my living room. Yeah. And it's, uh, you could get a storage unit, but to get, but then there's no possibility of somebody buying that stuff. So to have in that store. And also I would imagine when you go to maybe put some stuff back on eBay or whatever, you not, you don't have to relook what something is worth because the price tag is on it. Right. And, and another thing, uh, it, it has gotten me more comfortable with parting with cool stuff. Well, I was you about know, to ask because, you know, you look around for stuff and sometimes you're like, man, I can't part with this. I, when I find things that are personal collection, I go, wow. And even then, Brent, I'm, t- I, I'm starting to get to the point where even personal collection stuff, I don't mind pricing over what it's worth and saying, hey, if you want to pay me this for it, it's yours. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know. You're, you're at that point, you're giving me absolute top dollar for the thing. You know what I mean? So, so the antique mall is a little more like for the every man, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not going to have, you're not going to have, you know, Sotheby's prices at an antique mall. I mean, uh, it's still used stuff and some people would even refer to it as junk, a junk shop. I like a junk shop. I, I, I like somewhere between, uh, I need a little better than a flea market that has a bunch of booths with phone cases (laughs) that I need better than that, but I don't need like wash basin antiques. That kind of five, five phone case dealers and some chicharrones (laughs) to go. You know, I, I've not gotten the nerve. There's a flea market in, that I will go to occasionally, and they, they have, like, their own food court. I've not gotten the nerve to get the flea market hot dogs yet, and I don't know <laughs> if I want them, but I, I'm like, no, no I, what am I thinking? I'm not going to get these hot dogs. That's disgusting. Look, to me, flea market, I mean, I sit, my answer to find things is antique malls because there's so many concentrated dealers in one area. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's like going to a bunch of stores. But, you know, for my money, like the 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 sheer pageantry of a good flea market where there's like used stuff and it isn't people selling knockoff Gucci stuff mm-hmm. and and all that. If, if, if it's truly people, you know, set driving their truck up and taking the things from their home and setting it on card tables and, and trying to assess value. I mean, I live for that. I really do, because. You know, again, if you know what you're doing, you can, you know, it's easy to make 
money buying vintage stuff at a flea market, you know, because they're Mm -hmm. there to sell. They're there to put some money in their pocket. And most of those people aren't dealers per se. They're pickers who are just like anyone else going to Goodwill, trying to find old stuff and, you know, flip it. And I'm going to try to flip it again, you know? Yeah. They're the, they're the, the large liquidator people that clearly they bought a big pallet of something next to the guy that's got chickens for some reason <laughs> next to uh, the antique guy. That's got a case full of knives or whatever. Yeah. The weapons guy. I call him the weapons guy. Yeah. The, uh, my roommate in college bought uh, many a sword from the flea market. <laughs> Y'all got weapons, weapons. <laughs> I got uh, throwing stars. Yeah. Um, so any other uh, info that you'd like to relay? Because I know we kind of talked about stuff to look for. I was all over the place because uh, I'm so curious. But uh, what's some surefire stuff that you would tell people to look for? Oh, um, surefire. You know, it's really hot right now is that whole bohemian thing, like a uh, uh, wicker, like a, uh, entertainment center t- or liquor wicker shelving okay you know like uh bamboo chairs and stuff like that but um but obviously you know the older the better but um what's i'm trying to think what's really hot right now um uh old stereos old radios mm-hmm. will always you know there will always be a guy waiting to buy a cool working old school radio record player stereo i mean vinyl's so hot like you know it we finally got to the point where records were out selling cds again yeah and 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 that makes any old record player that works super desirable you know it's like cash i mean really and the weird again the weirder the better you know, if it has a dome top to it, like a UFO dome top or mm-hmm. uh, or a receiver that glows that really rich green color, you know, yeah. or any any stereo receiver with like a wood, like a true wood box around it, mm-hmm. you know, not veneer or anything like that. That's the record players, too. Um, so, yeah, I would say like and, and also uh, like portable TVs, like, like the weird shaped, uh, you know, round TVs, oval TVs, uh, triangular TVs, TVs that are on like a pedestal, like a, like a tulip base or something, all that stuff, like space age stuff. Um, Jetsons, if it looks like it was on the Jetsons. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That stuff is on fire. I mean, really is. Uh, so that's what I would say. It, it, you don't see it much out. A couple of those, but it's, that's, it's also weird when I see something in the wild, I'm like, that's too unique that it, cause I've never seen one before it, whether I'm going to buy it or not, I can appreciate it, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I, at a flea market, not too long ago, I found a really nice Sony portable with the antenna intact and worked and everything and didn't have any cracks or chips. Really nice. And I, I and I I walked the whole flea market and I saw it at the beginning. I didn't ask the guy how much it was because I figured he's going to ask at least 20 bucks for it. And I'm not paying 20 bucks for it. 
Uh, I, you know, I'm at the end of the flea market. I go, I'll double back. I'll go see what he wanted for it. Just out of curiosity. I go, Hey, what do you want for the Sony TV? He's like five bucks. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. man. You know, it's like, uh, like, I mean, for every guy that has something overpriced wants too much for it because they've seen American pickers and they think everything is collectible. There's a guy who truly just wants to make five bucks off a, of, you know, off a of TV. He doesn't want to have to put it back in the truck. <laughs> exactly. Um, what are some of the stuff that you have picked and now is in your house? Oh man. Uh, during the pandemic, I've found two of the greatest things. I mean, picked. Okay, this is not picked. One's eBay, one's Facebook Marketplace. So I don't consider either one of those a true pick. Mm-hmm. Think what's what's my favorite? What's my favorite. I bought a Mister Do uh, coin operated game for twenty dollars. Now tell me about that. I'm I'm Googling, but tell me about it. Mr. Do was a game, an early, you know, real early video game. Uh, probably same era as like, hmm, I want to laugh after Donkey Kong uh, when there was kind of an explosion of video games. I just found this cabinet that's got all the innards in it with the Mr. Do uh, artwork and stuff. And it was 20 bucks. I'm not, yeah. When I'm Googling, it's uh, coming up Mountain Dew. So I like to think that the CEO yeah. of Mountain Dew, somebody's walking up being like, Mr. Dew, it's, it's an honor to meet you. Um, you know what? I do have an item that's, <laughs> that's, I found a really, well, a long time ago, I had a girlfriend and uh, not the girlfriend I have now. And uh, thanks for bringing was, that up, by the way. <laughs> she was going, she was, she was going off to the Peace Corps, right? And uh, right before she left, we were, of course, we were going to stay in touch and, and be together forever. That was the plan. Um, it didn't work out. And right before she left, we went halvesies on this uh, incredible uh, mid century bar. Huge. Oh, yeah bar with doors that open and close cracked uh like uh cracked glass um kind of gold glass and then uh crush velour doors and knights carved in the doors like painted all elaborately i mean this thing is beautiful and it has a light uh that shines down on where you keep the booze and the swizzle sticks and all the other accessories that Mm -hmm. one has when they own a bar and um it was 130 bucks that's so cheap for what you're and i'm telling you yeah no if you if you if you went to los angeles and put that in the nicest uh vintage store in la you'd get three thousand dollars for it you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's like that crazy like time period is late 60s boom right there and uh it's nice it's all working and uh now this this uh my ex-girlfriend who i i've stayed in touch with um she constantly refers to this bar as uh when am i gonna get my bar 
<laughs> and I said, well, we went halves. We went halves on it and you went to Africa. And I've been lugging this thing around for 25 years. So <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> it's my bar. But I, you know, that uh, reminds me of a, a thing that uh, a pick I missed. And that's not a pick. It would have been a personal purchase that I've since replaced. You mentioned before uh, the electrophonic stereo lights up, got, got the lights in the front when the record's playing. I found a much nicer one and it was like a stand up unit. So it was as tall, you know, I'm like five, nine. So it was as tall as me, super clean, lit up radio worked really well. And I, I was like, man, this is so cool. And then, you know, I left and came back like a couple days later and it was gone and it was like 50 bucks. And that's a haunt me for the rest of my life. I should have bought this type thing and now it's gone forever. You know, since uh, bought one, not as nice and not, you know, not the same style, but it was also like, man, if I just would have bought it right then, right there. You know, there's, uh, I have a couple good stories like that. Uh, there was an Ottoman, there was a barrel Ottoman that had, uh, different colors stitched leather on top of the ottoman and the side was like clearly a barrel that had been cut in half this thing was beautiful and the more you know the more i thought about it i was like i gotta go back and get that thing it was 24 dollars when i saw it i went back 15 minutes after they opened the next day and it was gone Ugh. and i was just like oh my gosh this freaking ottoman and the, the even better one uh, was this, uh, do you know what op or optic art is? I don't. Optic art or op art, as it's known, is um, a real 60s thing that kind of like looks quote unquote trippy when you oh, look at yeah. it. Kind of like it, it kind of moves when you look at it type thing. Um, yeah, it's not like that those 3d things but it's like an actual piece of art that's you know designed to you know play tricks on your eyes a little bit yeah um but there was a uh, a guy had well a, a community thrift in town had uh four very small framed shadow boxes with op art in it mm -hmm. and I even I even asked the guy they were behind the counter because they wanted like I think they were forty nine dollars, but they were twenty five percent off. OK, so I think they would have been about thirty two bucks for the four. And I saw them, and I really hadn't done any much research about op art. I knew about it, but not really. And um, so I, I, I just haunting me. Because I couldn't stop thinking about them that night. Like, I should have bought them. I should have bought them. You know what? I'll go tomorrow, and I'm sure that price has scared everyone off of buying them. So the next day, I go, I'm going to be there right when they open, because I'm not letting this fall through the cracks. I'm going to be there right at, uh, at 9 o'clock. I pull up. 850 the doors are already open and i'm oh, like that's no. weird so i stand out front with the doors open and then one of the employee goes he goes hey man you can go in there if you want 
And I'm like, oh, you guys are already open. So they opened up early. I walk right up to the front counter and I go, hey, man, can I get into that case over there? I want to see this, this, uh, those pictures I looked at yesterday. The, uh, and he goes, oh, the ones, the, 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 the small ones. And he goes, oh, that guy just bought those. Oh. And there was a guy leaving and he was getting into one of those picker trucks. Oh, oh man. OK, so I go up to the window, tap. And I say, hey, man, did you just buy those uh, <laughs> those hop art things? And he's like, yeah. And I go, oh, I go, I, I came here like to buy those. And he was like, oh, yeah, well. Sorry. I got a friend in New York who really, you know, I owe a favor to. I go, would you be interested in selling them to me? I go, for more than you pay. And he's like, ah, oh, man. He goes, the thing about it is, he goes, these are worth about $100 a piece. Oh. And this guy has a store down in, in like, around Dallas. Mm-hmm. I think Arlington or Fort Worth. And, uh, you know, he showed me a store. And I said, hey, I tell you what, come over to my house. All I do is collect this stuff. I go, if you want to trade, if you find something you want, more than these, I will give you more than the trade value of those. And he's like, okay. And he came over and looked. He asked about a few things, but he said, like I said, I owe my friend in New York a favor. He bought me this, uh, some kind of rare doll. And he goes, and I owe him something in return. So this is what I'm giving him. Man. But what kills me is they were 32 bucks and they're worth 400. And I, yeah. and I, I couldn't pull the trigger because I didn't know enough about them. And at the time, were you going to, you plan on just keeping those, right? Yes. And now I know, trust me, off of this incident, I know a lot more about op art now. I've bought never some again. Very, very, are they going to never again? Will that, <laughs> never will that be my shortcoming ever. Uh, one last thing before we wrap up any fun Facebook marketplace stories, because that is the wild west of selling things. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have any wild ones. Because uh, t- mostly t- if I put stuff on there, it's always like it's you p- you write it, you know, it's a hundred bucks and then you get the offer. I'll give you 20 cash. They're just throwing these outrageous counter offers at you because it's not in person. I don't have anything really like that. Um, I sold a friggin' hamper on Facebook Marketplace for a hundred dollars. Close I think hamper? I was calling, yeah, I, I was calling it the Rolls Royce of vintage hampers because <laughs> it was really, I mean, it was beautiful avocado green, no tears in the plastic, uh, whatever that material is that covered. I mean, it was really nice. Um, but you know, that stereo that you have is, uh, I bought a really nice version of one of those off marketplace that, uh, has disco balls built into it. So when you oh. turn it on, it's got like disco balls going and it doesn't have, it doesn't light up like yours, but it's, uh, it's got some, I'll take a picture of a send it to you. You're, you'll think it's pretty wild. I, okay. I've been, I'm all business on Facebook marketplace. I don't play around. I don't hold. Yeah. Do you, Hey, do you, do you deliver? I, oh yeah. I've delivered. Oh, okay. I figured if you didn't hold, you didn't deliver. Oh, I mean, if someone, if, if it's like a, you know, $200 lamp, I, I delivered that. 
I delivered a Ames chair up to Ohio. Someone really wanted this uh, one of those shell Ames chairs, those fiberglass shell chairs with yeah. wheels on the bottom. Took one of those up, you know. And then while I was up there, what did I do? You went to other. I went to stores. every thrift store <laughs> in and around the Akron area. My man's is double dipping over here. Mm-hmm. You know that's right. <laughs> well, uh, tell me about your your show one more time, and then we'll get out of here. Well, look, man, uh, I started it very recently. Three, every Monday, I uh, have a show called Mid Mod Money, where I show the hauls that I found uh, that week or maybe the week prior. And I, sh- I, I go one by one what I have found uh, and try to establish um, what is worth money in the world of vintage collectibles so people kind of can better navigate if they do this, if they flip um, for profit, they can get some kind of idea about what prices things are selling for. So when you go in, you're armed with a little bit of knowledge about what to look for, what to buy, what to stay away from. And um, also, I mean, it's it's mostly that. It's, it's mm-hmm. basically that. But I'm going to have like special episodes where I have one that, you know, that story i told you about where i found something for seven and it was worth 215 bucks yeah and um and that happened in an antique mall and i bought that from a dealer so it's amazing that you can kind of go uh to these places where people are supposed to know what the stuff is worth and you can turn a profit off of a dealer you know Mm -hmm. if you know what you're looking for so it's it's a uh, it's a it's a blueprint, Brent Terhune. It's a blueprint of how to make money, you know, in this very difficult economic climate. And if if anything else, I'm sure if somebody sees something in a video that you have and they want it, it's like going to a flea market uh, on YouTube. Just just message John and be like, is that still available? <laughs> <laughs> right, because eventually I'm going to have a website uh, called Midmod Market, and that's going to be my higher end collectible stuff that I'm going to sell on my own website. In part to cut eBay out of the deal, and the uh, and uh, yeah, I mean I'm not afraid to say it, buddy. I will cut eBay's throat. <laughs> you heard that here. And uh, well, yeah, so the show is Mid Bond Money. It's on YouTube. every Monday. Every and Monday, I release one. Every Monday, without fail. And you hear people on YouTube all the time go like, subscribe, comment. And that's the dumbest thing ever, but it's so necessary for a creator. So if you like this episode, you like what John does, seriously consider doing that to any of your favorite creators because it doesn't cost anything and it helps tremendously. He right. He right, though. <laughs> well, th- John he Evans, right, it was good to, to talk to you. And also, uh, John is super funny. So go yeah. find some of his stand-up as well. Uh, but thank you, John, for being on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. See you, dude.